Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. On this week's Dear Viv, how to put yourself back out there after five years single, a husband with a drama queen wife, the freelance dream versus corporate life, and when PMT rages out of control. Our first question. Dear Viv, I'm 27 and five years ago I had a hurtful experience with a guy I slept with. He was someone I knew socially and I found out a couple of weeks later that he had spread stories around to a lot of people. I was really upset about it and decided that in future I wouldn't have sex unless I was in a relationship. I've not had sex since then, but now I'm worried about getting myself out there and having sex after such a long time. I feel like I don't know where to start as everything in the past has been casual and has generally happened by meeting people through or with friends who, although supportive, have different priorities now. I've since gone to uni as a mature student where I've not made any new friendships and I've only met 20-year-old boys who I'm not interested in starting anything with. I feel like I've distanced myself so much from the whole idea of dating that the thought of meeting a man I like and getting into a relationship seems so difficult and scares me slightly. How do I get over my fears and put myself back out there? Oh, dear betrayed sister. I can't tell you how sorry I am to read this. I'm very angry with this scoundrel who crossed your path half a decade ago. But let's repeat that, half a decade ago, and I've not had sex since then. Whoa, that is a long time, sister, even after the most hurtful betrayal. This idiot hurt you, and he deserves to be castrated, but he can only hurt you once. Since then, it's you who has been hurting yourself, and it's time to stop. The problem is, as I'm sure you realise yourself, you've now put a massively high price on sex. It can only be in a relationship and you will only have a relationship with someone you trust and who couldn't possibly hurt you. And of course, that person is impossible to find. Why is that? Because your guard is up and any time you meet anyone, they will be thinking, why is she looking at me like she doesn't trust me? 
I can't give you good advice about how to get out there in 2016 because I haven't had sex with anyone apart from my husband since the previous century. So things like Tinder have entirely passed me by. But I can give you the best advice about overcoming fear. Get out there and do stuff that scares you. Find ways to do this. Maybe you need a wing woman. Maybe you need some male friends or colleagues who you definitely don't fancy, but who might have some friends who you do fancy. Maybe you need to cultivate some extracurricular activities. I do not mean sex. I mean chess or ice skating or joining a book group. Don't do these things with dating in mind. Do them with facing your fears in mind. Start to trust yourself with small social experiments and with taking risks. When was the last time you held a party, for example, or invited some friends away for the weekend? Practice on people you don't want to have sex with. And you might find the people you do want to have sex with take care of themselves. And seriously, don't overlook the 20-year-olds either. Our next question. Dear Viv, my wife and I have been married 10 years and have two young children. I'm very happy with my life and love my wife, but there is one crucial thing that is causing a strain on our family life. My wife is never satisfied with her life and creates problems and dramas where there are none. She also behaves very selfishly where I am concerned and will acknowledge that she gives very little to our relationship whilst I give a lot. She brings me down rather than lifts me up. She can never just be happy and blames me for any problems she encounters in her life, which is making me miserable and causing us to have arguments which affect our children. We have been to marriage counselling and I was happy to take my share of the blame for the arguments we have. But the counsellor seemed to grasp the root cause of the problem almost immediately. My wife's single mother has been leaning on her emotionally for her whole life. Meaning that my wife in turn has felt the need to lean on her husband, me, for everything else in her life. There's no question of us getting a divorce, but I just want us to be happy since there really is no need for all the self-created problems in our life. Is there anything I can do to improve the situation? Oh dear, when I first read the first part of your letter, my wife is never satisfied with her life and creates problems and dramas where there are none. My blood ran cold. What is my husband doing writing into Dear Viv? I thought... Because although your issue here seems to be quite specific, especially with the business with the single mother and the therapist diagnosis, I think it's also reassuringly general. This is just what happens very often in relationships. There's a power dynamic and one person ends up leaning on the other. The trick over the years is that you have to let it switch back and forth so that you're sharing the weight. That is good news, that your problem is solvable and that a lot of people are trying to fix the same thing. This statement was brought to you by the unofficial sponsor of the Dear Viv podcast, by the way, my long-suffering husband, who has endured many of my imaginary dramas over the last 18 years. The bad news? I'm worried about some of the things you say. I was happy to take my share of the blame. Were you really? If you were really happy to take the blame, why are you now writing to me? <laughs> Why didn't you speak to the marriage guidance counsellor about your true feelings of anxiety and frustration? Could it be that you are just as guilty of protecting your wife as she is of exploiting you? In any difficult situation, someone has to be prepared to change. And it sounds as if your wife has made it clear that she doesn't want to change. She's happy blaming you and you are supposedly happy taking the blame, or at least you were until you wrote this letter. 
It's time, I think, for the worm to turn. It's time for you to be honest and stand up for yourself, however annoying your wife's response is likely to be. And I suspect from what you've told me that it will be very annoying indeed. You might want to have this conversation with her in front of a marriage guidance counsellor. And this time, say what you really mean. Stay optimistic, but be warned. Lots of people work out these things, but others realise they don't want to live with someone who doesn't have enough respect for their feelings. Good luck and be open-minded. Our next question. Hi Viv, I'm 30. Since uni, I've been working, but as a slightly unreliable employee. A lot of real sick days, some fake ones. I've had real depression and real migraines and some fake migraines. Right now, I'm between jobs, but happier than I've ever been, doing a bit of freelance and being creative. Perfect if I didn't have shit loads of debt. I finally figured out what I like, doing the occasional office bit, a humour book here, etc. Freelance freedom, a mix of from home and some office. I know, I think, if that's what I want, but I have some debt to pay off, which won't happen unless I stick to corporate, aka well-paid, for at least a year. My question is, should I pause my dream and instead work towards being free of financial woe? If I'm corporate for a year or 18 months, I'll be debt-free. Should I sell out for a bit to get that debt gone or embrace the scary finances, happy creative scenario? If it's helpful, I'm single and dependent-free. Call me Copy Girl. Hi, Copy Girl. I love this statement of yours. I'm between jobs, but happier than I've ever been. Oh, if only we could all be between jobs all the time. Mm. This is a fascinating conundrum you pose, and it is helpful to know that you're single and dependent-free. But I also don't know how much debt we're talking about, exactly what you mean by slightly unreliable employee or what your living circumstances are. So I'll be general. You need to do what keeps you happy and solvent. No shit, dear Viv, I can hear you saying, I know that, but how do I do that? Well, copy girl, take this from a freelancer of 15 years standing. It is the work of a lifetime. (laughs) And the biggest work is to do with knowing yourself. You say yourself that you know what makes you happy, being in charge of your own time, doing productive, creative work, a mix of freelance and office work. I personally don't think any of these things are incompatible with you paying off your debts, providing that you have a strategy and you treat yourself like a business, which is what you are if you're freelance, don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Okay, it's not as easy as landing a corporate job that would pay off your debts in 18 months, But can you make a freelance plan that would pay off your debts in 24 months or 36 months? What would your day rate have to be for that to happen? How much holiday could you take or not take? How many office contracts would you need to land? How are you going to make all that happen? In short, this is not the time to ask vague questions like, should I be freelance or should I get a job? It's the time to get specific and practical and start creating loads of spreadsheets which detail who already pays you well for work. You could get those people to give you more work. Who only employs you occasionally? Can you get them to use you more often? If this makes sense to you, you need to stop thinking of yourself as being between jobs. You're a career freelancer now. 
figure out what that looks like. And remember, working for yourself is not a job where you can ever afford to be a slightly unreliable employee. If all this, however, makes no sense to you and my replies here have utterly terrified you, you are probably not a career freelance and you definitely need to start looking for a job. Either way, open up Microsoft Excel. Sorry, it's not a very glamorous answer, but you can have a margarita after you've finished the spreadsheets. Our last question this week. Dear Viv, for a while now, I've thought I'm going a bit mad or that my kids are just super annoying or that perhaps my marriage has come to the end of the road. But thankfully, I have enough clarity to make a connection to when I feel most like this and my periods. My PMT feels like it is getting out of control. The irrational moods and rage seem to start earlier and last longer. Trouble is, I'm not an angst-ridden teen. I'm a 39-year-old, slightly stressed working mother. I take it out on my husband or inanimate objects, mostly. I don't want to go on the pill, and I'm currently using the Minerva coil as contraception stroke period control, although the coil doesn't seem to be working as effectively as it did when I first got it two and a half years ago. I gratefully receive any advice about what to do to make these 10-day mad episodes less painful for myself and those around me. Please help. Hey, PMT crazy lady, or is this a coded letter? Because this could also be another letter written in disguise by my husband, whom I may or may not have tried to murder during an argument about granola the day before the arrival of my last menstruation. Age 39 with irrational moods and rage, out of control PMT, 10 day mad periods. It all sounds pretty normal to me. That does not make it bearable though. Uh, I've talked to a lot of friends about this recently and a lot of people seem to report their PMT changing or that they're suddenly getting PMT for the first time once they're around the age of 40, um, sometimes when they never used to have it before. So this is really a great question for Dear Viv and thank goodness I'm personally not premenstrual today otherwise I would be saying Oh you think you've got problems? No one in my house ever buys the right granola! But it's an even better question for a GP. It is not weird to go to your doctor with this. It's essential. They need to review your contraception for a start. It may or may not be relevant to how you're feeling but I don't like the sound of the coil doesn't seem to be working as effectively as it did when I first got it. The one solution to your PMT that you probably don't want is to get pregnant, right? Meanwhile, though, please don't think that you're weird or odd or teenage. What you're experiencing is totally normal, but you don't deserve to suffer. So please see the doctor. If for some reason you are some kind of massive doctor phobe, there are other options. Looking at your diet taking evening primrose oil, using alcohol to self-medicate. Please don't do that. I tried it and it's a very bad idea. But really do see a doctor and talk to other women. I'm willing to bet they also have granola issues. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign into thepool.com where you can get more content specifically made by us for women like you.
We hope we see you there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.